0: Welcome to another episode of Pursuit of Self. I'm your host, Zach. Today, we're doing our second interview, our first, uh, ad- first adult interview. The first interview was with my son. Today, we're going to meet with someone who I've touched on in our, in our story thus far as it's unfolding in my, my career process. I mentioned that I went to Facebook and that I made a post and said, I need some help, I'm looking for work, this is my skill set, etc., and someone reached out to me. That someone is Corey Blake. Corey is the guest today, I'm excited to have him on. First, a a formal bio about Corey. He's the CEO and managing partner of MWI, which is an international digital marketing agency. They've got offices in US and Asia. He's a loving husband and proud father to four kids. He's a passionate entrepreneur that finds his greatest joy in building up and supporting those around him. He's fascinated by people, who they are, Uh, what's at their core, and what it is that motivates them and gives them hope daily in their lives. So much so that he's also launched a podcast, which he's called the Hope Strategy Podcast, where he explores other entrepreneurs, other businessmen and women, uh, and other just thought leaders, amazing people, and discussing specifically what role hope has played in their, in their um, progression in life. Uh, it's been an awesome podcast to follow along. He grew up in a military family and lived all over the world, And this sparked a fascination for people, cultures, and their motivations. This then led him to study international culture studies with an emphasis in communication and anthropology. He attended Brigham Young University Hawaii. He later served as an entrepreneur in residence at BYU Hawaii. He taught students from all over the world. He taught them digital entrepreneurship. He has his own consulting agency called Corey Blake Consulting where he works with companies in building out their marketing and sales strategies for growth. He's up to a lot of things. Um, I've known him for, oh man, five plus years, I guess, is the number. And he, he is all these things, and he is a friend. I'm grateful for his influence in my life uh, and for the many, many conversations we've had. So without further ado, this is Pursuit of Self with Corey Blake. Dude, so <laughs> welcome to the pursuit of self, Corey Blake. <laughs> hey, man, first time, first time on the show, and I'm happy to be here. First time, <laughs> we have not already done this. We haven't experienced any technical issues. Um, first time running through this thing.
1: No, Dude, exc- you- I honestly, I'm excited to talk to you again, man. Honestly, that that's, I feel like if this was any regular podcast with somebody i didn't know or something i would be like no i'm good man like good luck (laughs) this i'm like no i mean we already talked once on the phone
0: today let's just do it again so to recap for everybody listening i'm gonna i'm a full cards on the table kind of guy um or all cards on the table full transparency kind of guy uh and i have already recorded this episode one time this has already happened it's already taken place we spent dude how long was it 45 50 minutes
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would word it this way I would say we already had a conversation that was recorded. This is an all new conversation.
0: Yeah. That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to finesse that into is that, dude, this is like no, I mean, no new effort is without stories like this. Like if you're going to start something new, prepare to flop in some way and get the flops out of the way and move on. And ultimately you're right. Like this isn't a duplication of what we did. It's a new conversation and it's authentic and real and I'm excited for it.
1: Me too, man. I appreciate you uh, letting me talk to you again.
0: Absolutely. So let's kick it off just kind of setting the stage in terms of this is pursuit of self. Man, I've been reflecting so much on what that means again and again and again. And it, I feel like it's revealing itself to me in different ways every time I do it. So I'm eager to see how this shakes out. But to kind of tee off, I'm interested on your take on what is a pursuit of self. I know you've had time to reflect on this. A bit as well. I'm interested in if, you know, if that's unpacking differently for you or if it's the same as it was before.
1: Yeah. So when I think of pursuit of self, obviously, if you're in the pursuit of something, you're, you're kind of chasing it, right? You're trying to, you're trying to get to it. You're trying to get to that moment where uh, you catch up to something, right? I, that's what I think of when I think of pursuit. And, and then when I think of the self, I think of what gifts, talents, abilities, um, my history, my background, you know, all of these things that come together to create this person that I am. And then I try to think of who is my optimal person, who is the best me that I can be. And again, that kind of comes back to what I would call like kind of those God-given talents or those natural abilities and capabilities that somebody has and trying to become the best or create the best version of each one of those things. And so the pursuit of it is just kind of the constant day-to-day grind, work, effort, energy, time, resources, whatever, this whole entire process to not only find out what those gifts and talents and abilities are and those, those things that you can contribute to to provide value to the world, uh, but not, not only find what those are, but really actively try to chase them down and, and, and make them as good as they can possibly be as you, as you kind of you know, seek to become your best self.
0: Do you think there's anything inauthentic about chasing an ideal version of yourself?
1: No, no, not at all. I think that's what the whole purpose of this whole mess we call life is, right? I think it's, yeah. <laughs> I think the whole purpose is who am I and what am I trying to get done? What, what, do, and then again, like I said, finding that self-confidence or that motivation, ambition, whatever it is, whether you're a husband or a wife or a dad or a sibling or a, daughter or son or you're a CEO or you're an entrepreneur or you're an investor or whatever, right? You're, you're kind of figure, trying to figure out what is it that I'm supposed to be doing. And then once you figure that out and once you feel those, uh, those moments that kind of push you towards these things, you know, it's, it's nailing down what those things are and then charging after them. I would say there's nothing inauthentic about that. I, and uh, quite the contrary, I would say.
0: That's awesome. That's why you're on right now, so I wanted to um, call out why you come to mind for something like this. Hey, what's been so cool, you and I have talked about it, um, you phrase it a lot better than I do. Um, I simply am saying opportunity breeds opportunity, and you've clarified that to a point that I think is important. Uh, in essence, it's opportunity acted upon, what is it that you say?
1: Capitalized on.
0: Ah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> opportunity capitalized on uh, breeds opportunity or promotes more opportunity. And man, it's been so, it's been so cool to, um, lean into what for me, dude, I don't know if this is me. I don't know if I'm a podcaster. The point though, is that I felt this push, this desire to do this Are you doing a podcast right now? I'm on a podcast. I'm doing a podcast right now. It's called Pursuit of (laughs) of Self. I don't know if you've heard of it.
1: (laughs) That makes you a podcaster.
0: It's official. Dude, I, man, I spent a lot of years surfing and I still don't say I'm a surfer.
1: Yeah, me either. And I've surfed quite a bit.
0: <laughs> um, but it's, it's been, um, I don't remember what direction I was going with that, but, but I'll first Sorry. highlight kind of, you know, worries. I'll first highlight why you come to mind for me with this. And that is that you exhibit this authenticity. Um, you are so real, so un- un- unapologetically you, And I think you exude this confidence in the way you navigate and the way you are um, a businessman and an entrepreneur and a boss and a learner and a teacher and a father. Um, And you, you know, the no ego, leave ego at the door, abundance mentality. Do you remember my kids saying abundance mentality? Did I tell you that story? No. (laughs) So I love it. it was it was back at my MWI days, and that was obviously one of the you know phrases win-win, pursue the win-win, abundance mentality, leave ego at the door. What's another one? Am I missing some? There's a lot of them, man, but those are three great ones. So I used to say abundance mentality, and then one day I was talking to Sawyer about something, and I don't remember the context anymore, but he just very, you know, nonchalantly just said, Papa, it's okay, abundance mentality. It was so chill. <laughs> was oh, so I love cool. that. That's
1: it was fantastic.
0: so cool. Uh, what I want, though, is I'm hoping the takeaway on this is to, for anyone listening, this is really going to be for those that are in that battle of who am I? You know, what direction am I going? What is, what is my heart pulling me to? What are the thoughts that are circling my mind? And instill these people with a confidence to trust that and to be them. I've just seen in my experience thus far, my 30, uh, shoot, 33 I think 30 I think what year were you born 86 yeah I think we're both 86 babies we're are you 34 yet
1: no I'm almost 34 and I actually just had this I was with my cousins last weekend and I could not remember how old I was I did not know (laughs) if I was 33 or 34 and I had to do the math
0: all right so this is our 34th year of life we're turning 34 this year And the thing I've learned, dude, is there just authenticity is so important and being so uniquely you. And, you know, we heard these things as a kid, like, oh, be you. Everyone else is taken. You hear stuff like that. I think it, I think it hasn't been until my late twenties, early thirties that I really started to not only believe it, but see the power in following it. Yeah. I agree with that, and I I would. I I
1: first want to say thank you for the kind words. Uh, That's really nice of you to say. It's kind of funny because, you know, and I don't say this to be in any way like falsely humble at all or anything. But man, some days are great and some days are tough, and it's you know it's always great to hear somebody from the with an objective point of view to say, hey, you're. You're doing cool stuff, you know, and I, it's, whatever. It's nice to hear that sometimes because some days are better than others, and and uh, I appreciate it. But dude, I, I, from what I've seen so far, is there's ebbs and flows in life, and I think what you're saying with that the the pursuit of self and figuring out what that means for an individual, I agree with you. As I've gotten a little bit older, and it's just become more and more critical and important, and and more uh, I, I don't know. You just kind of, you, you realize your priorities, you know, and pursuing those priorities that are most important to you and which bring you most joy and happiness and whatever that means for somebody that just becomes more and more important. So I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. Thanks for, for supplementing that. Um, so one thing I want to kind of touch on is you being an entrepreneur is really unique. Not, not everyone who listens to this is, uh, going to be an entrepreneur. A lot of us are are just going to be working for someone. We're just going to have jobs, and not that not that just means as if you know it's lowly or not enough. But entrepreneurialism is a big bite to pursue that. Um, and I'm interested in kind of what your how did you end up down that road? Was that a pool you fell? Did you have family or friends encouraging you to pursue a certain education or a certain career? And how did you ultimately decide like, no, entrepreneurialism is for me. That's, that's me. That's the most authentic version of me is to grow this thing. And I I think it's a decision you make every day. You and I talk about that, um, what it's like to grow a company versus, you know, having a steady paycheck. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What, I don't know, unpack that a bit. What is that like to be true to yourself in this entrepreneurial realm where um, there's a lot of people maybe, maybe fighting for your attention and um, what is... What is you versus what your industry, what your employees expect of you, what maybe, um, I don't
1: know. You've got the wheels turning, man. Holy cow. That's a, that's a great question. And I'm, my mind is, is racing right now with kind of thoughts. So I'll see, I'll do my best to to distill these thoughts down into, into a good answer or a good uh, kind of feedback on that. So you've got kids, right? We've got our oldest are about the same age. Yeah, I'm pretty close. And what is Jens is a little bit. He's a little bit older, right? Yeah, he's he'll be nine this year. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm seeing in my kids their personalities come out. And my first and second, they're both boys, and they couldn't be more different. Just out of the box, right? Just one of them's you know it's kind of a yin and a yang, and they are going to be best friends. And I'm they already are. They can play together for hours and rarely fight. And I think a lot of that is because they're so different. And I'm seeing strengths in, in each one of them um, just naturally rise to the top. And um, when I think back to my childhood, there was a lot of ups and downs and a lot of crazy stuff going on the way that I, the, the way that I grew up in the home that I grew up in. But early on, I found this really uh, this, this passion or this desire to buy something for one price and sell it for more. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I just know it, it was Pixie sticks. It was Warheads. It was Pokemon cards. It was basketball cards uh, and other things as well. It was going door to door, singing songs to try to raise money to go to an amusement park I wanted to go to uh, with my cousins. You know, there, there, was, a, there was just this, this innate part of me that, that enjoyed that process. And I've told people this before. And I've, I've actually said it on my own podcast before with the guy I was talking to, like, the, the, the kind of buzz that I get from, from closing a deal now that may be a six-figure deal, you know, is, is really the same feeling that I got when I would sell a Charizard for 20 bucks that I, that I got in a pack <laughs> that I bought for two. It's, it's, it's the same feeling. And in both scenarios, in my experience, you know, salesmanship, uh, has, has had this real negative connotation. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as a way to provide true value when, you're, when, you, um, when you believe in something and you're uh, emotionally invested or otherwise invested in something that you really truly believe in and you believe that it can provide value to people. Just like that Charizard made that kid super happy and made him excited to go put it away and take good care of it. And you know, um, spend his hard-earned money on that. Um, you know, same way that digital marketing services or whatever it is that I'm working on now, I really, truly believe that if I'm trying my best and providing value, um, to people, then, uh, then it's, it's a fulfilling process to, to sell it, right. To, to, uh, transfer that service or product or whatever to somebody else. Now, so that's the, so that's the entrepreneurial side, right? You're saying kind of, where did that come from? I didn't know at that age. Oh, one day I want to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. I just knew early on that I enjoyed that process. And then when I was uh, in high school, um, after high school, I went and served uh, a mission for my church and I, the agreement was I really wanted to do it. I wanted the experience. I felt like it was a good thing to do, but the agreement with my dad at the time, I, I grew up with mainly just dad around, and the agreement was I needed to pay for at least half of it. So I went and got a job at Costco shout out to Costco. I'm a proud Costco member. <laughs> but I got a job at the in the meat department of the of Costco. And my my job title was sanitation specialist. Meaning from about one on every day that I worked, which was 3 or 4 or 5 days a week, I was cleaning the meat department. Sanitizing it down to yeah. Uh, the to make it pristine, and they're very strict, as you can imagine, with all the regulations and stuff. Like they come in and check that thing. You had to take apart every single meat machine, every cutter, knife, grinder, whatever. You had to take it all apart, sanitize everything, spray, literally power wash the entire thing, top to bottom, and with a certain chemical flow, you know, of organization of chemicals and stuff. And if they came in and found a speck of blood or meat somewhere, you had to do it again. It was miserable. Um, not that working for Costco is miserable. That's the, that for me at that time, that job was brutal i was not enjoying it i i I, in fact i hated it and about a month or six weeks in i was going to work i was putting a smile on my face and i was doing my best but i told my dad i said i don't want to do this anymore like this this is terrible it was good pay and stuff but it was a good company and he said and i said i think i want to quit and he said my dad is not a businessman he he served in the air force for 22 years and retired at like 45 or something. And he's done a lot of things since then, but he's not an entrepreneur. Um, But the best advice he gave to me uh, from a business standpoint was he told me you don't quit a job until you have another job lined up. And so I went and I looked in the newspaper and I found uh, an article back in the good old days when you would look in the newspaper and the classifieds for a job. And it said something like make $3,000 a week selling Dish Network. And I bought in thinking, wow, that sounds like easy money. I showed up to this sketchy house <laughs> where a, some guy was putting together a team to sell this network. And I showed up and I went out and <laughs> within, within an hour and a half of that first night going out and selling door to door. I didn't even know it was door to door at the time, but he said, hey, there's about 15 of us. And he said, okay, hey, go out and sell door to door. And whoever sells the most wins an Xbox. And I said, sweet. So 15 of us went out and two of us came back. Everybody else bailed, Dude, and I sold. What happened? <laughs> what happened to the other kids? <laughs> they bailed. They they hated it. It was door to door sales. It's no fun. So I sold one, and the other guy sold two, and so I didn't get the Xbox. I think I got a T-shirt or something, but I also made a hundred bucks. It was a hundred dollars per sale right then, and I said, in one hour, I just made as much as I'm working in a ten hour shift at, at Costco. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the moment that I realized as more of an adult as an 18 year old, I said, Oh yeah, I, this is that feeling I had when I sold Pokemon cards and this is the feeling I get. Now I gave somebody a great service. They want, they have TV anyway. I gave them a better package. I charged them for it. And these guys paid me a hundred bucks. I want to, I want to continue down that vein and then on and on we went and I've always done sales and some sort of business development since then. And you know, here we are, that was now, geez Louise, how long ago was that? 15, 16 years ago. And I still do a, a, a similar thing today, but now it's with my own company selling, you know, services to businesses. So anyways, that was a very long answer and hopefully that wasn't too much information too soon. But the fact is, is I I had a, I had a feeling who I wanted to be or what I wanted to do when I was young. And I've just
0: seen that kind of resurface
1: over and over again. And now here we are.
0: Dude, I think that's, no, it's not too much too soon. I think it's, I want to unpack a part of that a little bit. Dude, I'm wondering, and you worked with students. What was your, remind me your most recent teaching scenario. Was it all grades? And what, um, what, what was the formal study of your class that you were teaching at BYU Hawaii? Oh, yeah. So I was teaching.
1: uh, I was an entrepreneur in residence at Brigham Young University of Hawaii. And I was teaching all grades, you know, freshman through senior. Uh, I was teaching in the Entrepreneurship Center. And I taught digital entrepreneurship. So I thought, I taught digital marketing classes, I taught entrepreneurial leadership classes and I taught, uh,
0: social entrepreneurship classes. And what's the age range roughly for students there? Uh, 18 to 26. Okay. I wonder if, and I don't have to wonder, you can probably tell me, do you feel like the students in your class, um, probably had a sense for what they wanted to do? In terms of authentic sense, like you're saying as a kid, you knew you um, had this passion for selling and closing deals and the excitement that came with that. And I'm wondering if your class exuded that. Do you think a kid knows basically intrinsically in his heart, her heart, what direction he or she wants to go? Or do you think that's like really unfolding into your 20s and 30s? I think it's unfolding. I don't think
1: most of them didn't. In fact, I spent hours and hours each week during office hours with students in my office picking my brain the best students weren't the ones that that were getting straight A's and stuff and showing up and doing the work and leaving and getting straight A's it was the ones that would come to my room after or stay after and just pick my brain human to human mentor to apprentice type thing you know um and everybody's trying to figure it out in fact you know even though I knew early on that I always wanted to uh I I didn't want to clean up uh meat blood <laughs> for a living i i in fact when i was in college i actually i actually didn't like college at all when i first went and then i when i i i <clears throat> i felt the desire to go back to college after i got an associate's degree and i was like maybe i'm done i think i'll just go start something um i, I felt the desire to go back to school and, but the feeling that i had was that i needed to study something after a lot of study and meditation whatever you know my process was I needed to go back to school, to, stu- to college, to study something that was true to my nature and true to my gifts and, and abilities and talents and things that I was passionate about. And that thing being people and, and, uh, humanity and communication. And so I actually went back to school to study international culture studies, uh, with a communication and anthropology emphasis. And I had no idea what I was going to do with that degree. But I knew that it was stuff that was gonna, I was going to be interested in. And, and for the last two and a half years of school, when I was studying that, I didn't ever feel or rarely felt like I was in college studying something. I, I felt more like I was just learning about stuff I was very interested in. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do with that. I still thought, oh, geez, am I going to get a PhD? Am I going to, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I need it. I, I don't know. I started worrying about, or I started really questioning what I was going to do with that there towards the end, but it all worked out and it, I ended up doing something that I, and I, you know, kind of going back to the stuff I learned when I was a kid, like, oh yeah, this is what I should be doing. And it turns out
0: to be with entrepreneurship. Yeah. Let's stay on that for a second. I think that something you did right, that I got wrong, if I could um, tell young Zach, and now I've got three kids, so I can tell young uh, Zach and two young Sarah's, um, <laughs> dude, I have three, I have three kids, man. That's so oh, wild wow, to still. It's a game changer. <laughs> I know. Um, something you did that I think, dude, I missed out on in my upbringing in my mentoring um, you pursued what you knew you enjoyed and I did not man I was in a field I was in biochemistry and I knew really early on that it was not for me I knew early on that it was um, really tedious and just hard and it was not something I enjoyed at all but I wanted that prize at the end that prize at the end was going to be you know candidacy for a medical school that's what I wanted to do and I, I just bared down and did it. And I'm proud of myself. So I think in the spirit of pursuit of self, there's layers to that. And in that narrative, the version of myself that I was pursuing was someone that didn't give up. And I'm never going to feel bad about that. That's always going to be a right choice, right? But it also yeah, was I, not. And I think
1: that's what you teach your kids. In addition, you know, obviously, you, you, there's other things you learn from it as well. But I, I admire the heck out of that, man. I, I mean, I, I saw you. I knew you back then. And I saw the amount of work and time and energy it took. And it's remarkable.
0: I appreciate that, man. the The part I would love your feedback on is it wasn't authentically me. It was not the thing I was interested in, and that would be what I want to come out of this with, Corey. Right now, we're uh, in in the Pursuit of Self podcast. We're you know discussing careers, and that's why we're discussing this topic with you right now. Um, I want to come up with a formula or what is you know my recommendations. And I think you've touched on one that I want to include in that, and that is to pursue something of interest. Uh, and I'm saying that a little bit hesitant because maybe sometimes the end of the prize is worth worth the struggle worth the thing you're not interested in what do you think
1: i think it i think it varies it's different for everybody um you know i was in college the first two years when you have to do all those generals and stuff and i i it took me i went into college in pre-algebra it was terrible at math and it was brutal for me i spent hours and hours and hours i'm not exaggerating in the math lab with tutors only to go and get a c minus on a test mm-hmm. and i just couldn't figure it out you know i'm really good at business math when you're talking numbers and scaling a business and i really enjoy that but the second you start throwing variables like a's and b's and c's into a math problem my head explodes like i just at one point in college, they one of my teachers suggested that I may be this, like have math dyslexia, which I didn't even know was a thing, but it caused great anxiety and stress, and I hated it. So I didn't want to go back to school. My experience was I was stressing so much. I was a young father and and husband at the time that I got my associate's degree, and I was stressing so much with what I was going to do with to provide for my family that. And the thought of going to more school to become a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, whatever I wanted to do, I wanted to be successful, it it drove me, I did not want to do that. But I knew I needed to provide for my family. And I thought and I felt at that time in order to provide for my family, which was my goal, um, that I needed to further my education, that I wasn't ready to just jump into something. And so rather than stressing about what I was going to do for work when this was all said and done. I started stress. I I just realized I need to go study something that is true. true. Take advantage of this time. I have to be a student and study something that is true to my nature and something that I'll be really interested in. And then that will, and I just had to have faith in that process that it would work out. And so, um, I went and studied international culture studies and I started a business with it's international. I have an office in Hong Kong and I'm, and I have traveled the world doing a lot of what we do at our business, you know? So, um, So that was my journey. Now, that being said, I have a brother-in-law who's an ER doctor and I talk to him a lot. He's my age and we talk all the time and I've watched him since I've been building a business, uh, just going through school, undergrad and then medical school and then residency and then rounds and all the stuff that he's had to do. And he just barely about a year ago finished, not even, I think it was June of last year. So I guess just barely a year. And he just barely started being an ER doctor That was not my path. I could not have been going through schooling basically (laughs) for the last eight years. I would, I Mm -hmm. couldn't have done it. I would have gone mad. He did it. And now he goes into the ER every day. And especially considering the state of the world right now, he's, you know, dealing with the COVID stuff, but he's also dealing with car accident victims and you know, whatever else heart attacks. I mean, his, his day to day is insane and he comes home and he's happy and he's, and he's, and he's being his best self because that's who, that's who he is. I couldn't do that. I, I, you know, somebody yeah. comes running at me with their arm falling off and I'm going to run the other way crying, right? <laughs> like I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not, I'm not the guy for that. So I just think, I think it's really being true. Figuring out who you are is the first step. If you're looking for a formula, figuring out who you are and what your passions are and what your gifts are. Like kind of nailing that down and being honest with yourself and not saying I'm going to be a doctor just because I want to be a doctor. And I like the way that sounds. And I, no, are you good? at? Are you good at, Stressful situations? Are you good at, you know, do you have good people skills? Do you how are you with delivering bad news to people? You know, like whatever it might be, like going through and and saying no, like and then figuring out what your true gifts are and abilities. And then from that, once you identify some of those things, then start to look at if those are the um what's the best way to put it? Um, well, I mean, what what's gonna what would best you know, what career or profession or whatever it might be, hobby, whatever it is, what are the best things that um, are suited to those strengths, gifts, abilities? And then start to kind of make that list. So maybe if you're looking, talking to young Zach, right? Maybe it's looking, maybe it's just having those conversations with yourself earlier and saying, what are my true strengths and gifts and abilities? Where do I shine? Where do I feel like I'm really in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, saying the right thing, whatever it is. One of those moments that really feel best Um, and I feel like I'm really being my true self. And then from there line out, you know, well, what are some careers that could come from that? If that's what you're looking for, if it's careers that you're looking for,
0: dude, and we've got responsibilities as fathers and as parents to encourage and spotlight those strengths in our children. Uh, -hmm. and man, I'm so excited to expose my kids to different careers. That's not something I had. I never shadowed anyone, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that that's obviously something we should do as parents is man, Corey, one day, if you and I are like living closer, I'm going to send my kid to work with you. Like, okay, go, oh, hang out with Uncle, go hang out with Uncle Corey. See what a day in the life of, you know, a kid that used to sling Pokemon cards and is now, you know, slinging business to business deals. Like, go see what that's like. See if that's what you want to do.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny too, just as a kind of a, a little uh, sidebar here. So when I was probably 15, you remember as a teenager, people asking you all the time, you know, what are you going to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what mm-hmm. do you want to go to school for? What do you want? To, and I would. I remember just being like, "I don't know. I have no idea." Like I, I really didn't. I was just. You wanted to be a baseball player. Come on, we all did. Sh- sure. Yeah. I mean, I I was an unbelievable high school athlete. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But but uh, sure. But you know what I mean. Like I, I didn't know. I, I had no idea. And one day I was in I was in Boy Scouts as a as a kid, against my will, but it was required. um, um and I went to one of the um, scouting events was like going to, you know, we would go sometimes for certain merit just to watch people do their job and to learn. And I went to the radio station uh, and we went and watched the, a radio show happen. Like we st- stood behind the booth, you know, and watched them do it. And I was fascinated. I was mm-hmm. like, man, this guy's like interviewing people. He's talking <laughs> to people. This looks so fun. Like this look, and I, and and I, so I asked them, there was like question time. And I said, what do you do? Like, what kind of degree do you get here? And they said, communications, you get like a communications a journalism degree. So when I started school actually, and I'm just thinking about this for the first time in a while, but my, my declared major was, uh, I was at Utah Valley University and I was, it was journalism with a, that's funny, I've never thought about this before, but it's, it was a public relations major, like and uh, PR stuff. And, and I was like, man, I'm really interested in that. That's what, I, anyways, you know, fast forward to now as a you know, the CEO of our company and running things, I've always had this desire to do a podcast <laughs> and I, and I did it. And when I put those headphones on and I started talking into a mic the first time, I felt, oh at yeah, that it, yeah, it felt like one of those moments. And I've had these moments yeah. over and over again, where I'm in the right place, in the right seat at the right time, doing one of these things, that I may not be the best at it. I mean, it doesn't matter, but it's just one of those moments where it's like, oh yeah, this is part of who I am. This is something yeah. I, should, I should work at. And um, it, you know, and so those things kind of build on each other. And, and that's what I'm saying is like, you have to be self-aware early on when you're 16, 17, 18, it's hard to do that. But as you start getting into college and you're trying to figure out what you're gonna do, I think it comes down to really taking those quiet moments of self-awareness to say, what am I good at? And what, what do I, what should I build on? Where are the foundational building blocks of me, of who I am that I can choose to build on in order to get, you know, to better heights and to do better things and to, to grow. Um, and if you're, if you, if you can take the time to really think about that and do it for the right reasons. Um, and then the, the other variable that, if you're looking again, going back to that formula is you have to work your butt off Yeah, and you have to take big leaps. You have to swing big and sometimes you miss, but sometimes you connect and, and it's worth it, right? Like I always used to tell my students and one of the things I harp on a lot is get in, learn, if you're an entrepreneur and even otherwise, but learn to get in over your head and love it. Um, Because getting in over your head has a negative connotation. It's like, oh man, I was in way over my head, right? I think the most successful entrepreneurs I know are the ones that learn to get in over their head and thrive in that experience. Uh, and I've got plenty of stories about getting in way over my head and, and letting I, it. And, and I, have
0: a, I have a thought. Actually, I have a couple of thoughts, a couple follow ups. Um, BMX was one of the first things I ever wanted to do and be when I grow up. So, first, let me throw that out there. I know. Um, the other one is the first time I ever looked at a professional and said, I want to be that. I want to do what they did to get where they are. Do you want to know what the job was? You ready? I'm excited. It was a waiter.
1: <laughs> it's funny you say that because I've always told my wife. I've told my wife a lot that I, I've always wanted to try that. I've, like To this day, I've told, I'm not exaggerating.
0: I've told Bridget within the past year, at one point, I'm going to get a job waiting table. Dude, I, I, do I, do wanted to, I wanted to be a waiter so bad, man. Me and one of my buddies, childhood buddy, we went to a new restaurant together. We wanted to apply as waiters. Son of a gun got the job. I didn't. I had a uh, shoulder length hair at the time. I mean, it was a ponytail. I was a pretty punk kid. I didn't yeah. fit, I didn't fit the bill, but I didn't give up, man. I kept trying, kept applying at restaurants, got a job at a uh, coffee shop called badass coffee. Shout mm. out to badass coffee. And that gave me the customer service experience I needed. About a year later, I applied to a restaurant and I was in man. And I worked as a waiter for the next couple years. And dude, it was like, I have, I loved it. I love waiting tables. Oh, loved I loved it. <laughs> it's so funny. I, 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 I'll let you know when
1: I do it. Like, I don't know what stage of life it's going to be, but I am going to wait tables at a restaurant and I'm going to work my butt off to be the best waiter ever to get the biggest tips. And it's going to be a game to me and I'm going to love it.
0: Dude, you're going to win the monthly Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> so there, um, there, and then one other thought I had was, um, as you know, I'm looking for new career opportunities and Uh, No secret to you, you and I are currently finessing and working on a potential um, career opportunity together. And um, something I'm learning through this endeavor is that, and, and let me know what you think about this. I still don't know how I think about it, but I think that if you're not being denied positions, you're applying for things that are too easy or that you're too qualified for. What do you think?
1: Um... That's a good, um, sure. I think it's a lot more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. So my, my, my kind of visceral reaction is that sounds really good. And I guess it's, I mean, you can't go wrong, right? If you're applying, but, but if you're applying for, for a bunch of positions and you're not getting some of them, that's not a bad thing. I'm not suggesting that at all. Um, but I do think there's a kind of a sweet spot and you've got to be self aware in that process to know, again, what are my strengths, what is my experience, and what job does that equal uh, out to in the end? Yeah, I'm not gonna go, I, I actually was just talking to my, my cousin, I was with my cousin last weekend doing a little cousin retreat, which we hadn't done since we were a lot younger, and it was super fun, but one of them is, I had no idea that he was so fascinated with NASA, and he's a computer guy at, at a college in Utah, and real successful, super smart from the time we were teeny kids. He's always been on a computer and he's really good with them. And my, one of my cousins said that he thought the moon landing was fake. <laughs> and all of a sudden this other cousin like goes off on NASA and how it's not. And, how, and he knew everything. And I'm like, dude, I had no idea. Like, so I told him, I'm like, why don't you get a job at SpaceX? Like he's even saying all weekend, like, I kind of want to find another job, you know? And I'm like, So his skills and and his talents and abilities line up really perfectly with this huge passion he has. I'm like, why aren't you connecting those? So in that scenario, I think he should go apply to NASA and SpaceX and any other, you know, Boeing and any other company that's involved in space in any way. And yeah, if he's he should be applying to all of the positions there, even ones he's not qualified for maybe, um, just to see, you know, and he should be getting rejected. Um, You know, but in other cases, I've had people apply to jobs at MWI or something that I'm like, that doesn't even that doesn't line up at all to your skills or your abilities or your background or your experience. I don't know. So there's a sweet spot in there. I'm not shutting down the idea. (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm also big on efficiency and I don't have experience doing that, applying to a bunch of jobs. And I'm thinking more like, I would rather do the research, find a couple like three or four that I really like and then go all in on those and then have some options. Yeah. Um, Versus the shotgun approach maybe of saying, like, ah, I'm just going to apply to 50 and see what happens. You know?
0: Yeah, and I don't mean blind. I, I certainly don't mean applying blind. I think that if you, let's, let's play the polar opposite scenario. Every job I ever apply for, I get offered the position. That mm-hmm. to me tells me that I'm, I'm applying to things that are, um, I'm too qualified for. If they're so quickly willing to offer me positions, I'd rather right. have a bit of rejection be mingled in there to, to communicate to me, oh, okay, I've got things to work on. Um, but also, man, it's, it's to what you just said, get in over your head. I want a job. I want to pursue opportunities that might make me feel like I'm in over my head.
1: Yeah, I, I, I understand that. And I, and I love that about you. Um, so I get what you're saying. And I think that's a good – I think it's a good call. Um, Let's use – oh, go ahead. I, I, you know, it depends on what your most important <laughs> priorities are. I'm not Some applying people- for NASA, Corey. <laughs> No, I know, I know, I know. But some people's priority is more like security and comfortability, and they're just wanting to get the job quick because they're nervous they won't find something sure. else, you know? Yeah, sure. And, and some people might just say, oh, no, I'm going to apply for jobs that I know. I I love the fact that you're – and it is. It's getting over your head. So now that you put it that way, I, I, think, I think I agree, yeah.
0: Let's use – I want to use your we'll, – let's start to kind of bring this home. Again, in the spirit of pursuit of self in the career field, you have a unique position in being a um, – a, uh, Company owner, a job owner. What word am I looking? For? Business owner. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you a job owner, <laughs> dude. My gosh. Um, all right. You you have a unique position of being a business owner. I'm interested in what your advice would be. Um, I think you know a lot of the listeners for this right now are going to be between about 25 and 35. We're not starting new jobs. If anything, we're probably looking for new jobs, maybe, or we're maybe looking for um, a raise. How do you approach or what advice might you have for someone in the spirit of pursuit of self being authentically you while navigating new opportunities that might get you in over your head? What advice do you have for someone that might be listening as a business owner and, and playing a key hiring role?
1: Yeah, nobody comes into MWI without going through me. And I think that's important, right, as an owner in the business. Uh, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I just mean that in a I take I take what we do very, very seriously. And, and personally, and I hope I always take it that way, even when hopefully we're way bigger than we are now, but I think it's critical for you know, um, ownership to be involved in the hiring process. And I've learned that reading a lot of stuff and hearing a lot of stuff. So anyway, so yeah, I am, I am very actively involved in that process. And um, I mean, nothing speaks louder to me than past experience and past success. Nothing rubs me the wrong way more than somebody trying to get into a position uh, or a pay raise or something when they have very little to show for it and that it comes from a place. I mean, I think the biggest red flag for me is any sort of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Entitlement. Mm. I'm entitled to this job because I've been here for a certain amount of time or I'm entitled to this job because I uh, know this guy or that girl or whatever, right? Um, nothing rubs me wrong way, the wrong way more than that. I think my advice to anybody looking for that pay raise or looking for that new job is to really, truly be able to tell the story and paint the picture of success that you've had whether it's coming right out of college and going to your first job, being able to show, look how hard I worked in school and look at these extra things that I did aside from what everybody else did. And look at the time and energy I put into this resume or this video that I put together, this website that I built to show you how great I am or you know, whatever it might be. Uh, what are your distinguishing factors that, are, that other people just don't have? And what value can you provide to that company or to that individual or you know, small business, big business, whatever it is that nobody else can? Um, and then if you're in the job already and you're looking for a raise before you have, you know, have the tenacity to go uh, knock on a door and say, Hey, I want more money. Make sure that you've got a the story to tell. That is a true story. You know, where you can point uh, to this, 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 and this that you're doing that nobody else is doing that puts you in the position to to get that, that raise or that uh, promotion. Um, because again, I, I've had conversations in the past where it's like, there's, there's a sense of entitlement uh, for one reason or another, whether it's, oh, I went to this college. Okay, great, congratulations, you went to that college, what did you do there? And okay, it looks like you did all of these things, that's what everybody else did. What did you do different? What separates you, right? Um, or again, look, I have this job and I've been here for a long time and I think I need more money now. It's like, okay, hey, well, you've been here for a while and we love you and we've had your around. But, but tell me what you've done uh, or show me what you've done that, that, that creates the amount of value to our business that demands that I give you more money, right? Um, hopefully that helps. And I hope that doesn't come across too uh, stern or something, but that, that's kind of the approach that I've taken personally and, and I've seen work and not work when people have, have come to me with those types of scenarios.
0: I think it does help. I think it's very empowering in terms of what you look for and for uh, what a lot of our bosses are going to look for. And dude, this is going to go full circle. So what that'll come down to is jumping on opportunities. If you have opportunities in your organization, if your direct boss asks you to do something or gives you an opportunity to do something, you've got to be doing it. It may be uncomfortable. It may be scary. It may be a new skill set. It may be a presentation you've never put together and you've got to do it. That then equips you Absolutely, man. If you're planning to ask for a raise in six months, start doing the opportunities, start jumping on opportunities today. Cue up can't, all those I can't, experiences. Yeah I,
1: yeah, I can't stress enough the, the, the value that I put and I think a lot of business owners, and uh, employers put on employees or team members who take initiative mm-hmm. and don't wait to be asked to do things, but just do it. And don't sit around and say, oh, well, I, I would do that, but, but I don't. In fact, I can think of a lot of people I know that are, are kind of stuck in a, in a position somewhere or compl- still don't know what they want to do with their lives, you know, and there's a lot of excuses being made. There's a lot of, well, I would do that, but I never, I didn't go to school for that, or I never have done that training or, well, other people have studied that more. I just haven't. I, I used to tell my students uh, when I was teaching all the time, there is no excuse anymore because of the internet. The internet has leveled the playing field you can learn how to do anything on YouTube, literally anything, how to put together a piece of furniture or how to code a website, right? Um, The internet has leveled the playing field completely. And so I've had employees tell me in the past, oh, well, I would have done that, but I I don't know how. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure we bought you a computer and it has a search bar in it. You could have figured it out, you know what I mean? (laughs) Obviously within reason. Like I'm yeah. not gonna, you know, my brother-in-law who's an ER surgeon isn't gonna go YouTube how to, he may for all I know, but you know, how to take a bullet out of somebody's body, right? Like that, there's certain skill sets that you need to not learn that way. But, but initiative, man, taking initiative and just getting things done. I would rather have somebody take initiative on a project and just get it done and come to me with maybe an eight out of 10 uh, than somebody that took five times as long waited to be told what to do, waited to be, you know, have the company pay for the training to do whatever and come to me with a nine out of 10, right? It's just not, it's not worth it. There's so the the, um, initiative is everything in my mind and the employees that take initiative to me are the ones that are just gold, you know, that we want to keep
0: around as long as possible. That's really valuable, man. I appreciate you weighing in on that. Um, Corey, what are you working on right now? Uh, We'll, we'll start to wrap this up now, but tell me what are some personal development things that are, Uh, in your scope right now
1: so we've mentioned a couple times our agency so mwi MWI mwi.com is the website we are a full service digital marketing agency where we offer everything from website design and development seo and paid search and social and all of these things um to you know medium-sized businesses some small businesses some bigger brands that people know of Um, but really just creating customized solutions for for brands to figure out how to generate campaigns online that are going to turn into new customers and new revenue. So really proud of that. Been working on that hard for a long time and uh, it's a a cool company. Uh, So I'm always working on that. And then the other thing that I'm, that I've really been working on uh, is a podcast called the Hope Strategy Podcast. It's on anywhere where podcasts can be listened to. Uh, but given the state of the world right now, my partner and I were talking a lot about hope and how to instill hope in ourselves and in our employees and in our families and in our communities. And I started doing a lot of research on hope and it just made me think, man, this is something I would love to talk to really smart people about, people that are way smarter than I am. And so we started the podcast and it's going great so far. And you know, we just talked to amazing individuals with great stories uh, of hope and optimism and ambition and hear from them and learn from them. Uh, and so far it's been very well received and it's been a lot of fun. So those are the things I'm doing right now. In addition to bringing, uh, helping my wife prepare to bring our fourth child into the world in a few months and mm-hmm. uh, raising three other kids and all of that fun stuff. So
0: yeah. That's awesome, man. So you're an, again, you're an example of someone to me that I feel is very authentically yourself. And as you've done that, your value that you bring to the world and to your community and to your wife, as you prepare to bring your fourth child, it's just so much greater. That is, that is my hope, man, that we can all just try and be more truly authentic to who we are and to continue to um, grow and develop. And I appreciate the insights you've brought in that regard, especially as it pertains to pursuing a career, which is such a tricky thing.
1: Yeah. No, I appreciate it, man. I think, again, I, I look up to you a lot for all of these same things. And so uh, hopefully somebody will listen to this and get a little uh, insight into maybe one or two things that can help, but I appreciate you taking some time to let me talk to you.
0: Dude, absolutely. Well, uh, Corey and I talk all the time, so this conversation will just pick up offline, but to everyone listening, I appreciate you being here. Corey, thanks for being here. Did you share your, uh, your handles where people can follow along to what you're doing? Did you say the, the actual handle for the Hope Podcast? Um, I think... <laughs> <laughs> say, say it again, man. Let's make sure people know where to find you. I, I might the, website,
1: the, the website is hopestrategypodcast.com. And then on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everything, if you just search Hope Strategy, it, it'll, it should pop up. And then the podcast is everywhere that you can listen to podcasts um, or you can listen to it right on the website. And then MWI is mwi.com. Uh, if you need any digital marketing services, we'd love to help out
0: nice dude did i miss anything anything else you want to highlight here uh,
1: i don't think so thank you i did man. it i, I appreciate I it. it i got it all
0: i got every yep. every angle nailed it <laughs> nailed it <laughs> all right man i'll talk to you soon
1: okay see ya
0: bye